coffee culture is brewed for connection. Under the guise of coffee, we've been meeting in cafes for centuries. Today is no different. Coffee Culture, the podcast, explores the meetup. If you are a coffee enthusiast, maybe seeking modern love on a coffee date or want some health hacks, we'll dig into that too. I'm Holly Shannon. Come wrap your hands around a hot cup of connection with me on Coffee Culture. Hello, Coffee Culture family. Today, I have Jeff Dwoskin with me, and I'm excited for his humor and his lightness. I met him at PodFest in our mutual community, so we will talk a little bit about connection and community, Um, but he failed to send me his bio, but he's such a funny guy that I'm just going to say hello, Jeff, and let him tell you a little about himself. You know, I meant to do that. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do that eventually. Because it, 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 anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a podcast host, digital entrepreneur. I have a company called Stampede Social, which is we built a unique tool for engagement on Instagram, which has a lot of cool things. And I'm a podcast host. I host Classic Conversations. It's my podcast. I talk to, it's a nostalgic podcast. I talk to like TV and film stars uh, and comedians that I've worked with over the years, but TV and film stars, my main focus is ones that like maybe I grew up with, you know, like I've had Isaac, Gopher and Doc from the Love Boat on, you know, the Happy Days crew, you know, not Henry Winkler. He's my white whale. He's who I really want on the podcast. (laughs) But you know, people that I kind of grew up with, some more recent, you know, depends who says yes. You know what I mean? Uh, So, um, yeah. So, you know, that's how I got involved with PodFest was through that um, endeavor. And then, yeah, just, you know, social media guy in general. But Nice. Nice. Well, um, I definitely want to dig into both of those things. But first, um, first thing out of the way, do you drink coffee, Joe? I drink coffee every day. I'm, I, I would say addicted to it. I, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I am too. Um, life's small vices. I think we should be able to have those. Um, when was your first sip? If we're going to talk n- nostalgia and memories. My first sip, um, you know, it had to have been, I don't think I was an early coffee drinker. So it was probably in college. I remember, and I would drink a lot of it. And the caffeine didn't keep me up. I mean, my funniest coffee memory, if one has one of those, is we there was this like bar called Mr. B's, and we would go to it on Mondays and watch Monday Night Football, and there was like ten cent wings, and I would get coffee. And and I remember the one thing I remember is like I'd get the cup of coffee, the waitress walks away, she comes back to refill my cup, but I hadn't even taken a sip yet. And I'm like, I'm like, what? She goes, oh, the other, because we would go every week, right? She's like, oh, the other waitress over there says you drink it like a fish. So <laughs> I, I, I came back real fast, you know, because it didn't, it didn't keep me up. You know, some people can't drink past, you know, X PM or whatever, just because it'll keep them up all night. That never affected me that way. So yeah, so that was, I've been kind of addicted for a long time. uh, So you're addicted, but it doesn't wake you up. So maybe it has more to do with like the smell and the taste or the perceived idea that it's going to keep you up. Well, yeah, I mean, now it's, it's like a morning thing. I don't drink it as much past, you know, 
whenever the pot runs out. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, you know, we did just, as a gift, I just got one of these coffee of the month clubs. So we get like these now fancy coffees from supposedly picked from all over the world. And it was like, and it comes with a little card. And it's like, this one has a hint of honey, coffee, and whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, but once I add the creamer, I'm like, does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That does change the profile for sure. So uh, let's, uh, let's dig in just a little bit. Um, you know, the show is mostly about connection, but you know, we, you know, we like to talk a little bit about coffee. So, um, my whole concept on this show is that, um, coffee is really like a tool for us to come together. It's why we meet in cafes. It's why people have done that for centuries. They weren't necessarily coming for the coffee. They were coming for the connection. And um, there's communities everywhere. There's communities even within coffee shops. Um, but for us, our community has been Podfest. And um, I had met you there. So um, that's our first connection, at least I would say. Um and then I'd say we also have a little bit of a connection going over social media, which I didn't, um, you know, a lot of people say you can connect and and make connections on LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever. Um, and I always was a little off on that, like, yeah, but it's superficial. But I find like some of the jokes that you and I do back and forth feel like a real connection to me. I don't know if you have that with other people, too. I, I think it's real. I have, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter that I consider myself close with that I've known for five plus years that I've never met in person, never Zoomed with, nothing, you know, just kind of have that connection. I used to run a community on Twitter called Hashtag Roundup since like 2015. So we would run these hashtag games almost every hour throughout the day. Um, and so we had a lot of hosts that we were involved with. So we developed a, a pretty tight relationship with, uh, most of them and, you know, a couple of them, you know, they would come to town and we would meet, I, you know, I, it would be rare, but like, you know, where we'd hang out and we'd get coffee. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think you can, I mean, if you have a connection, like our back and forth on Instagram before we. I think officially, officially connected at this last podfest. Uh, you know, we have mutual interests. We knew we knew some of the same people, so there's at least a comfort level. <laughs> there's nothing we know. That I'm nothing not a weird. crazy person. Right. That you're we know nothing with. weird's going on. Everything. All right, this person's legit. Larry knows this guy. He's okay. <laughs> you know? Larry knows Holly. I think I can actually have yeah. a conversation with her. She's safe. <laughs> She's safe. You know. So well, you know, like I'm not a creeper. I'm like, does you know whatever. You know, <laughs> it's like we're just. We're just actually, it's a, it's, it is what it is, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're talking, uh, pod, uh, you know, podcasting and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it is cool. It is interesting to me, like coffee, because someone just emailed me just yesterday and was like, Hey, let's meet for coffee. <laughs> I think it's like a low touch. Like if you go, let's meet for dinner or lunch, it just seems like there's more involved with that. that mm -hmm. That's going to mm -hmm. cost it, more money. It's, it's more, more of a time. commitment in time. Right. Coffee may actually take longer, right? You may actually chill for an hour or hours, right? But it's the, the knowing you can leave at any moment. 
Exactly. <laughs> and and you know, like when you're meeting somebody for the first time and you order your coffee, when they say, is it for here to or to go? And they take it in a to-go cup, you know your time is limited with them. Because <laughs> right. they're, they're, that's their out. <laughs> but, but you also know they have bad taste because coffee in an actual mug. Once I realized it was at Starbucks, you could actually get a mug if you asked. Changed everything. <laughs> Changes everything. Coffee tastes better in a mug, you know? Absolutely. Well, it's the same with everything. Like even, you know, if we just dive into alcohol for two seconds, I mean, having a glass of wine in something that's actually like a glass or crystal tastes completely different from a plastic cup. No shade on, you know, anybody who's like having like a, a party outside in the back of their truck and they're pouring it in a plastic cup or you're outside in your patio, which I've done too, because I don't want glass back there, but it does change the flavor. It's not as special. Anything that goes into plastic tastes like crop or paper. Right. No, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So Jeff, let's get into like what your big love is and your connection with nostalgia. So Jeff has a huge show called Classic Conversations. I'll I'll let you tell him the stats because he wouldn't blow that out because that maybe sounds like, oh, I'm not going to like boast about myself, but I'm going to make him tell you because he has an amazing show. And it was, I think, born out of the idea that he wanted to interview the people he grew up laughing with, um, I'm going to guess, or at least that's a part of it. And um, maybe you could tell us a little about all that. Yeah, I mean, it, it happened a little bit by accident. I was I started my podcast, originally had a different idea for it, but I started to do the first, <laughs> I, I started. I started the podcast after being on a podcast with my friends Bob Phillips and Sal D'Amelio and Nate Armbruster. Sal and and Bob and I now do a weekly live show uh, called Crossing the Streams, which is on live on YouTube. Which is uh, we we and a couple other folks, Ron Lippitt and then random guests. I think I invited you recently, so we'll have you on. Is um is to. Uh, you know, just talk about TV shows that we binge and stuff like that. So it's sort mm -hmm. of a, we get to rap about stuff that we like, but you know, it's also useful. Here's some suggestions of things you can, can dive into because there's so much out there. So that sort of actually the idea for that live show actually came from this podcast. Cause early on in the podcast, I was trying to think of content and I knew my friend Ron Lippitt and Howard Rosner you know, we always talked about TV shows. So I said, oh, well, let's, I'll do a segment where we'll just talk about TV shows. So two of my early, early episodes, if you look in like the first 20, two of them are called Crossing the Streams because, and I remember like, <laughs> I remember filming, filming, taping both of those episodes back to back. Like we did a 20 minutes and then we said, all right, stop. Now let's do another one. Cause I was always so worried about filling content, you know? I think to the point now where I, if I stopped interviewing right now, I have enough content. I could go months, months. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah. Like if someone goes, Oh, when will this air? I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, Someday. So, I mean, I've, I mean, I've had ones that I put out quicker and then one that I like, it took a year to put out, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> which is embarrassing to go back to and go, Hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, anyway. So, um, yeah, so, so that, that happened there. And then eventually I needed a live show because I was 
as I got more invested in podcasting, there was a an indie podcast convention, and they, you know, to be part of it, you need they wanted people to do live shows, but I'd never done a live show, so I got Streamyard and all that, and then I said, oh well, I have this format, I'll just I'll do that, and then that's how that happened. But with uh, along the way, I got introduced to a couple celebrities. It never occurred to me that celebrities would talk to me. <laughs> Right, it just never occurred to me. Like, how do you? I I don't know any, so how you know that kind of thing. So I knew a lot of comedians because I had been doing professional stand-up comedy for twenty years. So a lot of comedians I knew and I could reach out to. Uh, but then I had somebody who introduced me to a couple of people, and then once I kind of figured out how to connect with them, it was like, oh, they don't. They either say yes, no, or they don't answer. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes the no answers, I've reached back out. You know. I'll give it some time. I never like, I don't do it like sales. I mean, if someone doesn't answer, they don't answer. I'm not, not bothering these folks uh, or their publicists or managers, but um, yeah. And then sometimes they come back and go, yeah, <laughs> later. Sometimes it's just timing. Yep. So uh, yeah. So I started talking to them and, and realized, oh, this is, this is good. I like this. And I just had a natural sort of curiosity. So I do a lot of research and I learned really early on that the more research you do and more prepared you are walking into a conversation, they appreciate it and they start to tell you more stuff. And, and so sort of started to kind of create this, this balance of listening to them on other podcasts to kind of hear how they talk and what they normally talk about, and then trying to figure out ways to circumvent most of that so that when I talk to them, it's, it's different. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some stuff's always going to be the same. And what I find, you know, some people just go right into the same tropes that they're used to saying, no matter what you say. So tell me about this. Well, my mom, I didn't ask you about, you know, you know I mean, like, right, but, right, you know, right. but there's certain things they just want to say. So anyway, so that's, that's how I got into it. Then I kind of got it addicted to it in a way, I guess it's, <laughs> Now it's like, you know, the hunt, you know, it's like, was it hard, like sharing the stage technically? I mean, I know it's not a stage, but because you're a stand-up comedian, so you're used to creating the whole storyline that you're going to take an audience through from beginning to end and uh, barring some hecklers or small interruptions. Like if you decide to ask the audience something, it's, it's your show. Typically, do you have a, did you have a hard time in the beginning learning that interview that cadence? Uh, great question. The thing I learned early on is the less I talk, the better. And I think that goes for anything. Like right? I realize that some people, my mantra is come in fully prepared, but not to say it just to be able to prod for it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people would be like, I hear hosts, you know, they'll go, Oh, I read this. And then for, they'll talk for three minutes. Like it's impressive that they knew the information. And it's like, well, I didn't, I don't want to hear you say it. You, you didn't have to have your guest on for you to say, it. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So, um, it's funny because early on when people would say, Oh, you're such a good interviewer. It's such a good interview. They just talk and talk. It was like, Oh, is it because a lot of times celebrities don't have good equipment. And so I realized I couldn't talk cause I would blow out the sound. So I was very careful not to interrupt. And that trained me to be a better listener, but it was the the technology that sort of tricked me into learning that. 
that, that lesson. Because it's like, you know how like when you're talking with somebody at a party and you go, oh, and it's great. And you go, oh, let's go move over there. And then you move over there and then the conversation dies. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. vibe, right? It's yep. the same. It's, it's like a same. moment. You lose that moment. Right. It was, there was something, there was an energy that was propelling it. And the second you move it, it's something in the universe shifts. So I, I learned also that if I, you know, I think interviewers tend to go, uh-huh, really? Yeah, I know. Isn't it? Like I won't say whatever. Right. And I found that if you do that, it breaks their flow. <laughs> and so I, I, to, I don't want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the more they talk, the more they'll remember because they're just like us. A lot of these things are like far long time past. Right. And so as they're talking, I, they start to remember things. And if you cut them off, they'll stop talking about it and they'll mm-hmm. stop, they'll cut off that, that memory. And so there's times where I'll be editing and I'll realize I did do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself. So, uh, you know, but that's, that's kind of thing. So I looked at myself as a, as a stand-up comic and those skills that I've developed that way to be able to kind of interact, engage lightly prod or make fun of something, uh, in a humorous way, uh, that isn't, um, that isn't threatening and get them to laugh and kind of keep talking. So that's, that's how I, I kind of did it. So I, I look at it as like, they're gracing me with their presence. And so I'm happy that they're there and I want to get the most out of it for them. Um, so I never, I never looked at it as sort of a competition that I wasn't getting the stage. I found that actually the more I downplayed me, the better the show did. <laughs> mm. did. Did you ever have like um, an interview with somebody maybe more earlier on? Cause you probably have become more schooled in how to move the conversation, but did you ever have one earlier on with a celebrity or whoever that you, you just couldn't get anything out of them. Like it was really hard to get in the flow of a conversation. They just were not comfortable behind the mic. Um, there was ones that I looked back and I wish I'd done more research going into that. I didn't know who I was really talking to. Um, I didn't realize what was going on. And there was one time I got called out, you know, so there's the interesting thing I learned early on was, celebrities there's different celebrities have different recollections of things that they've done and while these moments and events live in our minds and hearts and are so important to us to them it may be that but it may also have just been something that got paid for and then they moved on right mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and i didn't know that because most of the people i talked to would be like oh yeah i did that and then they'd have all these stories and then the first person I talked to where it was like, Jeff, I got paid. I did it. You know, Hey, what was it like to work with Steve Martin? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't even understand that question, Jeff. What do you mean? What was it like? I mean, it was great. It was great. It sucked. I, you know, I was like, uh, what do you want me to say? I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. That's mm-hmm. a, that's, that's a question. It's a softball question and a lazy question that I was asking that I knew most of the time would just trigger the right answer. If that answer matched my expectations of the question but if it didn't then you know you had then you got into that it was like what do you mean i worked a little i <laughs> what was it like scooping ice cream i uh, they paid me i scooped ice cream i needed a job during high school you know what i mean it was <laughs> like 
it, it didn't mean anything specifically to them. Like the fact that they cranked out a cult classic <laughs> was just something that they did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um that's why I I started listening to them do people do interviews. Uh, because you can learn a lot when they're interviewing with someone else. Are they a talker? Uh, are they a short answer person? Ed Asner, I knew, was a short answer person. I knew that also from his book. Because his book was like 150 pages. Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore's section was like two and a half pages. That should have been 500 pages. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I knew it wasn't. I knew that, you know. So, um, so sometimes... If you hear me talking more, it's because that's my understanding that I need to guide the conversation differently than if somebody I know is is a talker. When I interviewed Bernie Coppell, I always joke with myself. He was Doc on Love Boat. He was in Get Smart. And um, and so <laughs> he's like well, a classic guy, right? And like, but when I interviewed him, it was kind of like, and ladies and gentlemen, Bernie Coppell, and then he talked for 45 minutes. Like I I had to force questions in just so I could call it an interview. <laughs> it was you know, a monologue. <laughs> it, it basically was. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> and I was honored to be in the presence of it, but it was just, you know, it's not always that way. Right. And sometimes it, it's some, some balance of it. But the one thing I found early on is if you can, people tend to go, yeah, there was this one time I was on this TV show and, and then, and then you go, oh, you mean Marilyn Tyler Moore? Like, like where you know what they're talking about and you fill it in because they're going to gloss it. They go, oh, oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy came prepared, you know, and then they'll, they'll go deeper for you. That's, that's, um, that's the, the trick, you know, if they wrote a book or read the book, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, that I'm the same way. Hey, coffee lovers, I have two quick announcements. I am opening a YouTube channel at Holly Shannon, and I'm going to have all of coffee culture on there. So you can capture the little shorts for five minutes here and there, or you can capture the full length interviews. Also, my book Zero to Podcast is on Amazon and it's on my website. And it is the how to guide to start your podcast really fast and get your voice and ideas on iTunes and Spotify like I did makes a great holiday gift for you, perhaps a graduation present, or maybe it's your New Year's resolution. Both links are in the show notes. And now back to our show, Coffee Culture. In the same way, is there or have there been uh, certain interviews that just blew your mind? It was like, the perfect interview and the perfect guest and somebody you always wanted to interview or maybe didn't didn't necessarily have them on your radar they just were amazing and you like it it was like a drop the mic by the time you were done uh i think my ted neely conversation is great and i didn't ted neely was jesus christ and jesus christ superstar in the 70s in that movie in the movie and uh i didn't know who he was I, I'm Jewish, so I never really watched that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it wasn't on my radar. Baruch Elohim. But a super fan of my show was like, "Hey, Ted Neely," and this guy was insanely an addict. He loved Jesus Christ Superstar and Ted Neely. He's like, "Ted Neely's looking to do an interview because uh, they have a documentary of Jesus Christ Superstar out." 
So I reached out to him and he said, yes. And so I watched the movie. It's funny. I'm sitting there taking notes. I mean, you, you others may know it, the story by heart, but like I'm taking it. All right. And then he went through the, this and the right. <laughs> so right, the story, right. you know, basically the story of Jesus. And then I watched the documentary and I don't know. I never clicked with someone so fast than Ted Neely. It was, um, it was just, it was really, it was just interesting. It was like, and for someone who I had to kind of learn to know who he was. Right. <laughs> uh, but when we were talking, it was just, it was like the most, it was so fun and engaging. Um, but you know, the people like, uh, Kato Kalin were great to talk to super fun. Um, you know, Carol Baskin was great. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, you, you're always surprised. It's, most of most celebrities come to the table as a human being and who they are right and they want to talk and they're like you know, anthony williams uh you know potsy from uh happy days oh thank you so much for having me on your show <laughs> I'm like, like, but i'm like thinking to myself dude thank you for being on my show you know what i mean so and then there's some folks that like uh i had john glazer on uh who's hilarious he was uh Councilman Jam and Parks and Rec, but I had never seen Parks and Rec. So I had to kind of figure that out. I had seen his other stuff that he had done, but now I'm watching Parks and Rec and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I wish I had seen this all in depth. That would have been a whole different interview. So, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all about that. So could you invite him back or you don't feel comfortable with that? It's not that it's just, we covered it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just yeah. like, it was just like, oh man, it would have been, been fun to have had that context a little bit more, but I, I always feel that way. Cause you know, you, you learn more about anybody that you're with once you're, they're kind of on your radar. True. So true. It's kind of cool. So, um, are you, um, did you end up doing a show with your other podcast crossing the streams on park and rec after you started picking up on the episodes? Cause I never watched it by the way, but I know like it was like a cult in itself. So I'm going to, once we're done, we're like a season and a half to okay. go, uh, which we should get through pretty quick. Cause there are 20 some minute episodes. The hard part about parks and rec was the first season, which is only six episodes isn't great and well, you have to I mean, get it's good it. <laughs> it's good but it's like you got to get through it and then it gets great then I it see. gets cult, the cult classic and iconic and it's funny once you well, start watching parks and rec you start to every you, you go there's been many moments where we go oh that's that meme <laughs> yes no i know what you're saying i know what you're saying and yeah. meme is like you know a whole different thing of of this period in time you know it didn't even exist when park and rec started because that was probably i think that was pre pre phones right when right. did park and rec start like i want to say it was like early Two, 2000s wasn't it and she was running for city council and it is 2012 she was running so oh so i'm wrong i'm wrong then okay so i guess memes existed during the time of the show probably <laughs> but I'm maybe off. not animated memes yeah right or right. Tick or tiktok clips you know and stuff like that so true um yeah so your white whale henry winkler have you asked because i we know sometimes i just say yes Oh yeah, I've been rejected four times. Now. <laughs> oh no! Anybody out there know him? We got it. We got to help Jeff. I can't believe he said no. You have such a good show. Tell everybody the stats about Classic Conversation so they can realize like why they need to go watch it. I mean, listen to it or watch it. I guess we probably have it on YouTube. I mean, I, I, 
You mean how many downloads I get and stuff? No, like, no. Like the show, it's a top show. Like you've been featured in on Apple and in the top spots. Like I think that's something that you should be really proud of. It's hard to do as an indie podcaster. I, I've squeaked into the top, you know, hundred. <laughs> I think that's of awesome like, of the of the like a sub thing. So it's like I'm always like close to it, you know. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it does it does well. I mean it. You know, I get a good good amount of downloads. I get, you know, I don't know, listen notes if you want. I was 1%, now 1.5%, though nothing changed other than the percentage. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure about that. And then, um, you know, but that's still good. I mean. That's amazing. You know, that's a globally ranked third-party source. So, I mean, that's coming from a different uh, lane. Uh, you know, listen notes, I, I think that that's a valuable number to look at. I think um, where I find it questionable is chartable. <laughs> just because it's owned by Spotify. So it's like they're doing their own homework. You know what I mean? Checking their own homework. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I you know, you always hope it could do a lot, a lot better. It's it's hard to be an indie podcaster, right? I mean, it's like, you know, if like, uh, you know, somehow like, uh, you know, a famous person comes out with a podcast and suddenly it's a top five podcast. <laughs> it's like, you know I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's painful. You know, it's it's a it's a weird concept. I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how that, you know, or even somebody who no, you don't even know, and it suddenly becomes like how how did everyone know about that? I'm not knocking. I mean, obviously, you know, you can put money behind things and give it visibility, but you know, it's it's so hard to get hundreds of people to listen to it, but then suddenly a hundred thousand people were interested at once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I no, I know. I've I've struggled with it too as a podcaster because. You know, influencers, celebrities, um, people in the spotlight, you know, they they now have to be very multifaceted in how they produce content because they don't know where their fans are or if they want to grow their fan base. They have to be everywhere, right? It, they have to be on YouTube and Apple and Spotify and Instagram and in the movies and, you know, they have to do everything. And um you know, not just podcasters, I think indie podcasters that suffer from that. I just think of even like an e-commerce, you know, so like, um, you know, some famous, I don't know, some influencer decides they're going to have a podcast and a perfume. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's no art to either side of it is just an opportunity. It's opportunistic that they're going to like leverage their influence. I, I mean, I can't blame them for that. But the marketing dollars that go behind something like that make it truly impossible for an indie podcaster. Truly impossible. My my clock is going off. See, it agrees with me. It's <laughs> making the point. <laughs> it, it it does make it, it difficult. Yes, um, it's interesting, but it's uh, it's definitely a different world, you know. Mm -hmm. But. And then I've, I've talked to a lot of folks and then they become podcasters. My, 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 um, my thing is when you're talking to one of them that has a podcast and they come on the show and they don't come with their equipment. Oh my like God. That's show, so funny for your show. I don't, I don't need equipment for your show. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just like throw on my cheap little ear pod. And I'm just going to wear one. Cause I'm trying to listen for the dog and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I love it. It's fun. It's like, it's funny because like, I'll like 
people are like, who's the most famous person you've had on your show? And I'll be like, it depends who you think the most famous person is. It doesn't matter what I think. I, you know, I would say Ed Asner or, you know, something like that, or D Wallace. And then they, people look at me and they're like, I go, I had Carol Baskin on from Tiger King. What? Tiger King. Yeah. Like that's suddenly the rep. That's uh, that gives me street cred. Like, I've never Carol seen ba- Tiger King. You've had, <laughs> but it's like, but yeah, but you know who she is. Oh, I oh mean, yeah, like, no, I know the yeah. like a little bit through a meme, probably, but yeah, yeah. not my kind of show. Like sometimes the uh, like Kato Kalins or like Carol Baskin or you know like that kind of stuff is, um, you know, I I met and I interviewed. I haven't aired it yet, but uh, William Hung. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, um, at Podfest, he was at Podfest, yeah. right? Yeah, she bang. We, yeah, and we connected at Podfest, so I uh, <laughs> I got him on my podcast. So. How was that? Uh, it was good. He's a nice guy. He's a nice yeah. guy. I guess he just got engaged. I saw on Facebook. Oh, I had a picture with him and um, another podcaster friend, uh, Salisha Thomas. Um, the three of us, we were hanging out and got you know I got a picture taken with him. But I um, I. You know, he there was a lot of people that were really like orbiting around him. So I kind of just backed away because like I didn't really know how I would like, you know, I didn't know how to approach him. Like I, I didn't want to just, you know, be like, oh, I remember seeing you on American Idol. That's <laughs> probably what well, the, the sentence he was approached with like a thousand times that day. Well, you yeah, know, that's his thing. Right. And then, right. Uh, you know, and then it's, it's like one of those things like my kids wouldn't know who he was who he is right mm-hmm. i mean so mm-hmm. it's like it's definitely a, a specific generational you know depends how, how old you are and if you are watching back then because that was a while ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it, that actually brings me to a question um because your show like you bridge a lot of generations i mean obviously the nostalgic piece of it for you was to interview you know, the stars of your favorite shows growing up, like say Happy Days or Love Boat. Um, but you've had like a lot of newer people on. Was was it intentional to like bridge the divide, you know, any general generational gaps or was that by accident? Um, it it all depends, you know. So like I've had uh, uh, BJ Tanner uh, has been on. He's, he was on the Orville. Right. So the Orville was one of, it is one of my favorite shows. So I kind of made it a thing to try and get people from the Orville on the show. And so I've had three and he's one of them and he's younger. He's like 18. Right. Mm -hmm. Michael, uh, one of the guys from um, Stranger Things, the new Mm -hmm. season, one of the folks that was in the the lab with 11, I had on the show, Kimia. But Pornia is a, is recent. She's uh, a younger actress, uh, uh, but she was on my favorite show, one of my favorite shows, Reboot, uh, on Hulu, which just got canceled. Damn them to hell! And so I had reached, I had reached out, and then um, you know, it, it all comes down to sometimes the more famous ones now. It's like here's the other thing with like, you know, if you look at like a smart list. Go look at like the smart list folks, right? They get yeah, all the I've big listened. names. They get the big names, right? And so it's like, but it's almost like, like my podcast, I don't consider like a publicity machine. Some, I mean, sometimes they have books and that's my end, right? So they're, they're selling, a, you know, want to talk about their book or let people know 
they had a book or something like that. Um, but it's not specifically a publicity machine. It's not like, uh, oh, um, you know, I have a TV show coming out and they come on my show and I go, hey, it's starting next Tuesday, the new episode of Yellowstone. You know, that's that's not my thing. It's more of a kind of a retrospective type conversation. And, and if they have something new, we talk about it, of course. And sometimes that is my end, but it's not meant to be that. So, um, so newer folks tend to not, you know, their pub- publicists are going to give them, put them on a smart list because that's, I'd almost say that's now more of a publicity machine mm. than, you know, than just talking to old friends or something, you know, having Biden on. And, you know, you can tell by, <laughs> you can tell because of um, how big the show is. It's now just like a morning show, right? Yeah. Or one of those shows that, you know, the people make the rounds on. And so um, I don't, I don't know that I'll be that. You know what I mean? So, so I have to go with my lane, which is more the nostalgia. You know, in 20 years, maybe Dana Carvey will be on. <laughs> the next white whale. Right. So. so what's next for you, Jeff? What are you working on? Uh, I have been working on, uh, I have a startup. I've been in the digital space most of my career, um, non-podcast career. And so we've been working on this company called Stampede Social. And it's uh, it, 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 a, um, it's an Instagram engagement tool. So it, it helps to automate automated links, trackable links to your followers based on what content you want to do without relying on link and bio. Um, so you can, you can say, Hey, listen to my new episode and it sends them a link. But the unique thing is I know I sent that link to Holly. I know why you requested it, what post you requested it from. I can track you, you know, beyond that, if it's to a registration form or, or a contest or something like that, know if you actually did it. So in the influencer space, it can help an influencer determine or a brand determine the influencer's influence. And then it monitors the posts on Instagram as well. It has some fun AI tools built in to help you kind of create responses, but it, it helps you manage all your comments and commenting. It's not an inbox management tool per se, but it collects it in a way that's unique to other, other platforms. And so, and then UGC tracking, like with PodFest, we help them track anybody who used one of those hashtags and tagged PodFest, it collected in this, in this tool for them. So it does like a variety of, of cool things. It's stampede.social if somebody wants to check it out. So I love that. We'll put links in the show notes for that for sure. And um, maybe, uh, of course, your podcast, but if you have like a specific episode you want people to listen to, like that one special one with a, uh, um, uh, for the, sorry, Jesus, no, one. what's yeah, the guy's Ted, name again? Sorry. Ted. You know, Ted. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's the name we just went out. <laughs> they're all special. I, I think now what I realized was at some point, it's like there's you know 200 plus episodes it's like you can just look and go oh i know this guy i'll listen to that one fair okay then i'll just put a link and we'll add that in there i'll send you links i know yeah i love that i love that um this was really nice i'm glad we got to dial into um not just the connection to our mutual community but the connection to nostalgia and your great show and and um i'm really glad that you came on coffee culture Well, I'm so glad you invited me. It was a a pleasure to hang out with you once again. So thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. Well, maybe we'll do it again soon. So that would be amazing. (laughs) 
Thanks for coming on the show. Would you like to join the party, coffee lovers? I have two ways for you. Please go over to YouTube now and subscribe to at Holly Shannon, and there'll be all the videos of this podcast there as well. What's the second way you can do that? You can leave a review with your ideas in Apple Podcasts. Either way, I would love it if you share a hot cup of connection and coffee culture with a friend. And if you'd like to support this indie podcaster, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you, coffee lovers. This season is produced by Pale Blue Studios.